Hey there and welcome to Fill Me Up. I'm Steve Walker and this is the show to help fuel your filmic discussions such as Aren't Disney some sneaky devils? Because they are re-releasing Avengers Endgame and basically they're not really changing it. But the main reason, I mean let's face it, the main reason is that they are $45 million short of Avatar's box office record. And so, I guess because Avatar had a re-release, Disney are like, I mean, it's a Fox film, so it's a... So, Avatar's a Fox film, so that's now a Disney film, so it doesn't really matter. But, Disney have obviously gone, well, Avatar had a re-release, so we'll have a re-release. We'll bump up that 45 million, get over that mark, and then we can be number one. Um, Kevin Feige, uh, the head producer overall maestro of the mcu uh he said uh that it's not an extended cut but there will be a version going into theaters with a bit of a marketing push with a few new things at the end of the movie if you stay and watch the movie after the credits there'll be a deleted scene a little tribute and a few surprises which will be next weekend which is this so he said that last week so it's this coming weekend so it'll be june 28th um and I'm probably going to go and see it again because um, I like me some little little tidbits, some little extras. Um, the tribute will obviously be to Stanley, uh, you'd imagine. Maybe sort of a compilation of a lot of his cameos, which would be really nice. Um, or maybe some behind-the-scenes footage um, would be really nice to see. Um, yeah, and kind of in terms of... The, oh, yeah, the deleted scene. Uh, the, there was uh, speculation around the time that they cut out a scene to do with uh, a grown-up Morgan Stark, who is Tony Stark's daughter. Um, and so, I guess we're getting to spoiler territory, but it's kind of... I'll try and keep it as spoiler-free as possible, but it, it, I think it's a scene that sort of mimics the Thanos Gamora scene right at the end um, of Infinity War, where, where Thanos does a snap, and uh, he sees uh, a little Gamora. And uh, I think it's, I think it's like a similar scene to that um so yeah and kind of a few surprises maybe it'll be stuff to do with phase four which i know they're technically not calling it phase four but i mean everybody in the world is calling it phase four so um yeah so maybe sort of like the eternals or black widow or shang chi um which are some of the worst kept secrets in hollywood and or maybe some sequels like captain marvel 2 and doctor strange 2 and black panther 2 and whatnot um or, or there's also been talk, um, because Keanu Reeves is everywhere right now, um, there's been talk that Kevin Feige apparently, they well, uh, just everyone at Marvel wants him in the MCU, and they've been talking to him for years, trying to find him a role, so maybe they found him a role. I mean, it is, like I say, it is peak Reeves' time at the moment. Um, he's been everywhere. Like, he was at E3, the big gaming convention, because he's in Cyberpunk 2077, which is like one, meant to be one of the biggest upcoming games in toy story 4 john wicks everywhere like he's just plastered everywhere and everyone loves him so more keanu reeves is not a bad thing um but yeah speaking of toy story 4 um i went to see that this week uh yesterday in fact yes because time of recording it's tuesday so i actually saw it monday um and this will be, as always, this will be spoiler free. I'm just kind of going into some broad strokes. Um, so I feel like reviews are reviews are better for people that haven't seen the film. Like if you've seen the film, you know what you think of it. And you kind of want to know if it's worth seeing. Um, generally, I find so. It, there's more for those sort of people. Um, but Toy Story 4, I mean, it's 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 a Toy Story film. It's a Pixar film um, that are... They have a really good track record, especially with Toy Story films. Um, yeah, and it was a really good time, like as you'd expect it to be. I mean, it. I'd say three was really good, and you didn't really have to have a fourth one, but sure, why not? I mean, it, I, it's not offensive. Like it's it's still really good. Um, and there was like elements that I think were kind of a bit of a rehash of three, but when you get to the fourth film in a series, there's always going to be elements like that, I guess. Um, and they brought Bo Peep back, and the way that they did that, they made the Brooklyn really cool, badass female character, which is awesome to see. Um, there's not enough of those. Um, and you also got some really cool uh, supporting characters like Keanu Reeves' Duke Kaboom, 
who's really cool. Uh, and Doki and Bunny are very good. But I mean, like introducing those characters means that you have slightly less focus on the existing cast, which I don't know. It's up to you. Take it or leave it. Like there's, they are in there and they are like, but you're not going to get like a load of Rex or Slinky or whoever or Jesse or whatever. They they are in there, but they're not that prominent. Um, and like I say, it's it's sort of very much a, I'd say it's very much a Woody centric story. I mean, not like all of these films basically are Woody centric stories, but um, yeah. And then you've also got Forky in there, who's like the big, who's like the spork, and um. Yeah, and like I hope they go into Forky a bit more. Like, sort of the. I think there was a thing in some of the marketing earlier on where he was like, I don't know whether I'm a fork or a spoon or stuff like that. And maybe, like, sort of when does a toy become a toy? Because obviously, he's like just some crafting that's been put together. Um, And they sort of do that and they sort of do it a little bit, but it's it, they don't really delve into it too much. Um, Which, I don't know, it's a bit of a shame for me, but it's fine. They just went in a different direction. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Toy Story's a franchise that everybody loves, and you, you, like, if you wanted to, you could just keep making them, like, you could definitely make a five, like, there's a couple of different directions you could go in, um, but I would say that they, it, it's quite, it's a good place to leave it, um, even more so than the third one, um, and you have the, sort of, the risk of, kind of, diminishing returns, like, if you do another one would people want to see that um there are like i've seen like this has got mostly positive reviews like it's got 98 percent on rotten tomatoes and stuff but i have seen the occasional like negative review and it's you if you do more of those you get you risk having more of those negative reviews so um but i guess that, that's just filmmaking though um but yeah like i say I'd, i would like it for them just to end end it here because it's quite a nice ending point um and sort of wraps things up and then you you kind of carry on with something else like incredibles or but i'll work on other stuff like they are they do seem to be doing with this with onward which is like the like a fantasy suburban thing and then uh they announced the film called was it soul i think i saw the other day so they're obviously working on other stuff which is good to see um i don't know whether they, i didn't watch like any trailers before they said or anything but i have seen that in the mark that i think so i think but i do think these were in the marketing there is some dummies in there like ventriloquist dummy sort of things and like they are even in pixar 3d animation they're still terrifying to look at and it's still quite freaky so like they're on par with like the spider doll and sid in the first film so that they are pretty scary um but yeah and like i say it's, it's a pixar film so it's also got great themes and messages um, and it, it's just a really well-made film. Lots of great funny moments. Some really good direction. And uh, yeah, but I mean, like like I say, it's a Toy Story film. So you're probably going to see it if you were going to see it. And if you weren't going to see it, you weren't, you're not, you're not going to be persuaded by this, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen them, it's definitely something that you should get into. Um, they are great films. They're not just kids films. They are definitely for everybody. Um, and they the Toy Story is what put Pixar on the map. So... Um, yeah, I definitely definitely get into them, get stuck in. Um, and talking of getting stuck in, we're going to get stuck into another series, uh, which is Bad Boys, which is a series that I I think I'd watched the first one before a while ago, but I I couldn't really remember it, and I hadn't watched the second one, and. We'll get into it. They are there are some films made by Michael Bay, and we'll go with that. I mean, I like some of his films. To be fair, like, um, The Rock is pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good film, and uh, Thirteen Hours is a really good film. Like, it's he like he does a lot of like war stuff. Well, so when he ha- he makes a war film, like it's really good. But then if you put him in and make if he makes another film he just puts military stuff in there for no reason it makes no sense um like transformers which i mean the first one was okay but then they got worse and worse and yeah so bad boys um so yeah the first one um so i've taken these these synopses these synopses synopses i think it's e synopses with an e um i've taken them just from wikipedia so this is so, 
This is as white as you can be, though. Uh, Two hip detectives impersonate each other to protect a murder witness while investigating a case of stolen heroin. Um, Yeah, now that this... Yeah. Two hip detectives. Um, Yeah, this first one's not too bad. Uh, The story's pretty tight. It's quite straightforward. I mean, there's, it's kind of over the top, but it's the Michael Bay film. It's his first film, like, and he, like even from the off, it's like explosions, gunfights, all this stuff, um, and stuff. So yeah, I mean, what I would say is you could just watch the first five minutes of the film, probably well, less than that, like three minutes before the titles roll. I think it is. They have a heist at the start where they steal some drugs, and that I think is the best bit of the film. It's well executed as slick and honestly the antagonists it just seemed really well put together both as a, just a shot like a sequence in itself and sort of the way that they do the heist which kind of contradicts them later on because the antagonists they're just generic boring plain antagonists that aren't very clever or smart or good um and like this sequence seems like they would take years to put on and execute it out that well. But anyway, um, yeah, there's, so the big bit, like quite a large part of this film is that the, is that Martin Lawrence and Will Smith have to impersonate each other, which basically is because Will Smith goes off on his own. And then someone rings up and he's like, I want to talk to Will Smith. And it's like, Oh yeah, he's here. And they just stick Martin Lawrence on the phone and like, yeah, I'm Will Smith. And it's kind of just like, you don't need to do that. Like, it's very strange. And it's sort of, I know it's supposed to be comedic and it's supposed to, but it's just so irrelevant. And Tia Leone, who's like the uh, female lead in this. Um, so they're basically doing it to fool her so that she will go along. She would only talk to Will Smith, but he's not there. So they're like, oh, well, I'm Will but so Martin Lawrence is like, I'm Will Smith, so you can talk to me. And then they have to play that up for the whole uh, for the whole film. But it's, I mean, she sees through it really quickly because she's got, she's had a description of Will Smith from a friend about what he's like and how he acts and everything. And it, they're just not the same at all. And it's very, so, yeah. And it's, it's just ridiculous. Like, even from the get-go, she's like, yeah, you're not him. But they still do it anyway and go through with it and it's just stupid it's ridiculous uh, there is one funny scene because they end up swapping houses um for a bit and so that they can sort of play along because tia leone's staying at will smith's place because she he's the only cop that she trusts and so there's a funny scene where uh, tia leone convinces martin lawrence that will smith is cheating on or that will smith is cheating with her martin lawrence's wife if that makes sense and it's very funny because martin lawrence gets all like kind of nervous and over the phone and there's a very like sort of he he rings them up and it's a very sort of i don't know like there's innuendos but it's not really they're not really innuendos he's just taking them the wrong way and then he charges round into the house and they have a very funny fight in the garden because they don't know who each other are and Will Smith's just trying to protect the family and it's very funny and the the uh and it's more funny because the bad guys are um I should probably not call them bad guys. The antagonists are just sitting outside his house, just like watching him. And it's very funny. And that's I'd say that's one of the funniest scenes in the film and it's um, and it's almost, the subplot is almost worth it just for that, but I feel like you could have just had that very early, like, earlier on, and then they could have been like, yeah, I knew all along, and then they, they just drop it after, like, 10 minutes. Um, but, yeah. Um, also, like, the the whole thing of, like, that, they they not only try and trick Tia Leone, but they try and trick Martin Lawrence's wife, which I think is bizarre. Like, they go, oh, he's, he's going to Cleveland, so that's where he is, rather than being like, Oh yeah, well, um, he's going and staying with this person because he's staying in Will Smith's flat because he has to impersonate him because of the witness and uh, it's a big old story. And it's just like, well, like they have marital problems, but it's to do with work. It's not to do with like 
faith or trust issue. So it's like, well, she should just be like, well, I get it, I guess. Like, fine, do that. And she won't be happy about it, but it's not like a... I wouldn't have thought it's a big deal. And it, like, this is... I felt like that is worse. Like, not telling her is worse. But whatever. Um. So, yeah. Also, so, Tealione, uh is under sort of witness protection because she witnesses her friend getting murdered. Um... And her friend only, like, talked to Will Smith, so she, they, she was like, yeah, I'll talk to Will Smith. Um, but T, they only goes from, like, I'm being really scared and witness protection, but I'm only going to talk to him because he's the only one I trust, to I'm going to find these people and I'm going to shoot them with a gun that I took from your cupboard. And it's very... It's a weird change. It's very snap decision. It's very, like, I'm... I'm over this, I'm just going to kill him. But there's like a group of them. And so she knows there's a group of them, but she goes to the club where they're, where they're sort of, where they're known to hang out. And just in the middle of the dance floor, she just pulls out a gun and aims it at a window where he's standing. And it's like, that's one of them. So sure, like what was, what did you think was going to happen? Like, the, say you do get the shot off and you kill it. That's one of them. But then there's like another four of them that could easily shoot you down. Plus, you've just shot someone in cold blood in the middle of a dance floor in public. So you're going to get arrested. It's like, what is going on? And it's very, it's just a weird character choice. A weird, I understand, understand sort of that she wants to help out and that she wants vengeance. But it's, it's not, she doesn't seem like the vengeful type for a long time. Um... And it, yeah, it's just a very strange way to go. Um, also in that same scene, so basically all this is, yeah, like it said in the description, it's all to do with investigating a case of stolen heroin because the bag, the antagonist steals some, steal some heroin. And they, there's a bit in the lab where they use ether to cut the drugs, which basically means, the do- which after looking at it, basically means that they dilute the drugs so they can make so then there's more of it so then they can sell more of it and make more money he's like okay that's fine but then they just have it outside the club in a van i don't know why and then they the bad boys will smith and martin lawrence end up fleeing the club they steal this van not knowing that it's their that it's the antagonist van that it's the drug guy's van um and they're just like, there's a bunch of ether in it. And they just throw it out the back. And then it, like, it's, I don't know why it's there. Like, if it's, fair enough, if you're using it, you have it in the lab. But why is it in a van? I don't understand why you've got it in a van outside the club. Also, there's a scene later on where it's in a hangar. And there's just ether everywhere. It's like, what, how much ether do you need? Like, you probably only need one barrel for the amount of stuff that you've stolen. Not, like, 50 and why are you just leaving barrels of ether everywhere? This is crazy. Um, the, also, the scene in the lab, like, it's just like, here's the lab, and then that's it. Like, you have no idea where this lab is in comparison to anything else. Like, it could be under the hangar, and you're like, okay, that sort of makes sense. But then again, why are you in a, why have you got it in a van outside the club then? Like, why is it, it makes no sense whatsoever. I just, like, even in the scene in the lab, they're like, oh, we can't do it. This can't be done in four days. It doesn't... And then it's like, later on, it's just like... And they just have the usual sort of like, you need to do it like that. Or else I'm going to chop your head off or whatever. I don't know. And it's like, okay, so it's done now. It's like, okay, fine. I mean, like, I would say just get rid of the ether completely. Like, because you, you have so many things crop up that make no sense from it. Um, so I say get rid of it completely because the only reason they're doing it is so they get more money at the end but like you, no one's keeping track of it like if you said it was 4 million or you said it was 40 million or you said it was 400 million nobody would care like no one watching it would be like oh they could probably get more for that like that amount of drugs should probably get more money it's like well, who cares like they're going to sell them sell it and then they're going to get some money from it like, like that's it that's all we need to know um yeah it's just a bit weird like i know that the real reason behind it all is because 
he just wants to do explosions and ether's flammable and he's like oh if i just leave barrels of it everywhere then they get loads of explosions but it's just ridiculous and nonsensical um also the police in my army is terrible um and the communication between them is terrible especially so there you go there's a part in it where they where the bad boys go and ask the I don't know why they can't do it themselves, but and why there's there's like some admin person that it seems like she's the only one that has access to some database with all the people's files in it. But then they look up the files to an ex-cop who is in the with the drug guys and help them to steal it all. And she doesn't have access to his file for some reason. And then, but I don't understand why. Like, you go, oh, like, normally the situation would be, she didn't have access, so it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just go to the person above her, or I'll go to my boss, or I'll go to someone else, and they'll get access to it. I'll find someone that has access to it. But they just don't do that, and they just end up getting, they, they, I don't know, they make some deal with some hacker from it. They're like, yeah, I will just let you walk if you hack into this thing when they could have just gone to their boss and been like she doesn't have access can you do it can you find it out also why is she the only one that has access why are they why like you find out that he the file that they're looking up basically says that she was involved with the ex-cop and it's like okay but that doesn't seem to go anywhere like it's like okay i don't remember them getting any more information from that file so it seems irrelevant that whole thing as well like because it doesn't lead anywhere unless i'm wrong and they get some information that takes them to the airport and the hangar but i don't recall that Uh, and i only watched this film yesterday so but anyway that's the thing also they have internal affairs in this film just randomly walking at random points and like we don't like this i'm shutting you down and it's like what like, I makes no sense. Like, obviously, they're bad at their jobs and, like, they just cause loads of explosions and stuff. And it's like, yeah, fair enough. But I don't understand why that's there because it doesn't serve any purpose. Because they go, we're shutting you down. And then the captain just goes, forget it. I don't care. We're carrying on. And it's like, why have it in there? It makes no sense whatsoever. But at the end, we get to the hangar shootout and it's good. Also, a bit inconsistent, though. Um, Tia Leone, her contribution to the whole thing is she drives a truck into some, or she drives a pickup truck or something into some ether barrels, which then explode. But she doesn't. She just drives it into them. Like it's not like the barrels were near anybody. Like she's just like I see somebody. It's like someone playing a video game and just going, oh, explosive barrel, and just shooting it for no reason. It's like, why? I don't understand what her thinking was. She's just like, I'm just going to make an explosion. Also, you've got that issue of why are there ether barrels in a hangar for no reason. Um, But then, like, literally seconds later, you then cut to the bad boys that are taking cover behind a big flammable propane gas tank that has, you see stickers in shot that says propane, big stickers that say flammable, and it's getting shot, but nothing happens, like, it doesn't explode, they're just cowering behind it, they're just taking cover, like, like, it's without a care in the world, like, it's a big, solid brick wall, it's crazy, um, Martin Lawrence gets shot in the leg, as well, you see it, him getting shot in the thigh, I think, but he's absolutely fine, he just walks it off, just, just running around, doing jumps and dives and stuff, still, but then later on, which I was like, what? Like, is he Superman? But then Will Smith then gets shot in like, I don't know exactly where he gets shot, but it seems like it's in the bulletproof vest, like towards his shoulder, but it definitely seems like it's the vest. And he's down for like a good few minutes, kind of very, seems very much injured. And it takes him longer to recover from that, from a shot that doesn't actually penetrate him than it does Martin Lawrence, who gets shot, like, in the leg. It's just bizarre. So, uh, yeah, and then it just ends with the villain kind of crashing a car on a runway. 
and then stumbling out and rather than taking cover behind the walls that are there just sort of stumbling out into the open and being like oh, and getting shot it's very yeah it's a bit of a rubbish death like you should have just died in the car crash i would say would have been better um yeah like i say not a great film it's fine though um and i'd say it benefited from the smaller budget and the restrict restrictions put in place by that by the smaller budget um i mean the budget speaking of it uh it was 19 million dollars uh and it brought in 141 million at the box office so that brought in i don't know roughly 100 million odd which is not too shabby um yeah it got 42 percent on rotten tomato 6.9 on imdb so it, like I say, it seems like people agree that it's fine, but it's... Well, critics seem to say that it's fine, but it's not great. I don't know what a 6.9 is on the IMDb. Fairly good, I guess. Average. Um, but, yeah. So then you go from this kind of film that's kind of... Fine, but has a few elements that are a bit annoying and some weird plot or things. To Bad Boys 2 summarized as two loose cannon narcotic oh my words two loose cannon narcotics cops investigate the flow of ecstasy into florida so we've moved from heroin to ecstasy and i've just written wow this film um because it's bloated it's convoluted it's poorly shot poorly structured and it's so long like the first film was two hours long which is longer than it should have been this film is two and a half hours long I don't understand why these films should be like an hour and 40. They're just popcorn flicks. They shouldn't be that complicated. They should be fairly straightforward. And this film went from $90 million budget to 130, which is absolutely insane. It did make 273 million at the box office. But when you take into account your marketing and everything, it's only made about 13 million. Like it's just bonkers. Um, and it people didn't like it as much. You got twenty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, six point six IMDb, um, and it's it's just all over the place. Um, I mean, again, the the heist at the start, they do a heist thing at the start, and that's really good, really well shot, really well done. Just that's the definitely the best bit again. Um, and then after that, you start with there's a botched operation where they try and infiltrate this KKK, a KKK meeting, because they that's part of the operation, apparently. Some weird, some KKK drug dealers, which again makes no sense. Um, but then during that, there's like, this meant to be like a three-pronged attack with like, I don't know, it seems like military trained forces or like SWAT in water, like almost Navy SEAL kind of thing infiltrating through the water they think they're supposed to be vehicles and then there's the bad boys in proper like kkk garb and they're like unveiling like we're here and we're here to arrest you and all this find out information and stuff but then all the communications between people don't work like the microphones and stuff and it's meant to be like i don't know kind of funny and like oh things don't work and it's all gone to crap and we're now gotta it's a yeah, and now we've got to shoot our way out of it. But it's just... I mean, I don't understand, like, why the, the communications would not be that bad. There would be backups, and I I kind of brushed it off, because they mentioned it, like, a few times. They brought it up, like, within about a minute, it was mentioned about four, three times, or something like that, that the communications are down. And I was like, oh, maybe they're going to say that someone did something, and there's, like, an inside job, and blah, blah, blah. But nope, nope, never talked about it again. It just, some reason, they have faulty equipment, which is just absolutely ludicrous. Um, but yeah, um, there's also a subplot with Martin Lawrence wanting to split with Will Smith and not be partners anymore, which, I mean, I guess it makes sense because he's a family man and Will Smith's just like, let's go out and shoot some bad guys. So, but it just seems out of nowhere. It seems like, completely different to what happened in the other film and i know it's supposed to be later but it doesn't seem like they've talked about it because he's because martin lawrence is like keeping it a secret from will smith 
that he's putting in a transfer and it's like why are you keeping it a secret um speaking of secrets um will smith is also uh, in a secret relationship with sid uh who is martin lawrence's sister um who's who's introducing this film uh she's a dea agent from new york i think it is um who is working undercover with the dea in miami for some reason but they well for reasons but then that's kept a secret from everybody no i don't know why that's kept but also her relationship with will smith is kept a secret for i don't know why just to produce tension undue tension um and then after you, she's introduced and they have a thing, you then cut to a scene where she has a meeting and she has starts this on, or she's partway through this undercover operation. You're like, oh, is she the bad guy? And then it's like, oh, no, she's undercover. Um, and then there's a whole kind of action sequence where they try and, I don't know. I This scene was, I don't... I. Honestly, I didn't really know what was going on. There's a, I think they were they were transporting some cash across the town because she was supposed to be laundering the money for them, for the Cuban people who are bringing in the ecstasy, and there's some Russians involved within that group as well. But then there's some Haitians that find out about the money, so they're trying to get the money, and then there's DEA involved. And then we'll, the bad boys just are there. So they're like, oh, Sid's doing something. Let's help her. So then you've got all these different parties and it cuts to people. And then some people are surveilling. Some people are doing this. But you have no idea who's with who or like how anyone's got any information about anything that's going on. And you've just got cars driving. And I'm like, I don't know who's chasing who. Who's got money? What's going on? Why people are trying to kill people? I have just no idea what's going on. There's a boat in this thing that comes off. They, it's just, it's definitely like a scene that they're like, let's just put loads of action in it. But it makes no sense whatsoever. It's so badly shot and edited and so convoluted and complex. And it goes on for forever. Like I thought like, oh, maybe it's like a five minute scene or something. And then you get a... And then we'll get some explanation after. But it's like 20 minutes or something like that. Well, it feels like 20 minutes. And it's just so bizarre. And I had no idea what was happening. Um, And there's just lots of explosions and crashes and stuff. Um, And uh, yeah, and then the bad boys are in trouble for interfering and causing problems. Even though they didn't really cause do anything. They just drove around for a bit. Um, yeah, and then basically at the end of that, the bad boys go and find the Haiti gangsters so they can tell them about something, I don't know, um, to find out some information about where the drugs are coming from, and then they find out that it's the Cuban, this Cuban guy, Tapia, um, so then they go and tap his phone, which... I, I I don't understand why they were tapping his phone. It's well, it's illegal for a start as well, from the looks of it. It sounds like yeah. So they go and tap his phone so they can work out some schedule about who's coming and going from the house. So they can go and go undercover into the house and put some cameras in to find out more information. Which I don't really. It's bizarre. It makes no sense. And like they found out a bunch of information from this Haiti gangster before they kill him. And they find out that they're using, that the Cubans are using a mortuary as a front to smuggle drugs. So they already know that. So I don't know why they're tapping the Cubans' phone to plant, go undercover in their house to plant cameras to find more information. Because they already have information. Makes no bloody sense. Um... The upshot of all this is they find out a Russian was killed uh, in the house. You see a Russian being that was killed, and it's like, okay, the Russian was killed. I don't know why the Russians are in there, because it doesn't go anywhere. The The other Russian turns up later on, and is just killed. 
it's a sub i don't know why they're there they don't add anything to it they might they don't do anything in the film just take them out take out the haitians i don't know how they found out about him money it didn't explain that it's just there's so much going on there's so many different parties because like dea there's the bad boys there's the cubans there's the haitians there's the russians there's undercovers and there's uh, it's just crazy just take stuff out keep it simple people don't want to have to think too much this isn't a film where people should be thinking too much um yeah um so after that they they're like okay we'll we'll use the information that we had to tail a mortuary van but to do that we need to get let loose one of the kkk guys which is michael shannon who why the hell did he why is he in this why did he say yes to this this is way beyond him no way beyond him that's the way beneath him that's the word i was looking for why is he doing this but anyway they tailor this mortuary van there's obviously because this is a michael bay film there's a big chase they found out that there's a big chase and there's a big shootout things get blown up they run over some dead bodies which is supposed to be comical but it's quite iffy it's quite mm, i don't know about this and but they find out um that the empty bodies are used for smuggling which is pretty good like some some actual detective work some things that are actually found out then their captain then their captain rolls onto the scene and he's like what the hell is going on what have you guys been doing because basically i don't know what this captain does because like i said before none of the there seems to be no communication within this police department Nobody talks to one of one about what they're doing. The bad boys don't talk to the captain. They don't okay anything. Like, they seem to just do all this stuff, and it seems illegal. Like, they didn't... Like, the captain didn't know about confronting the Haiti gangsters. They didn't know about the tap, phone tapping, about planting camera, Like, infiltrating in the house, planting cameras, which all of this is probably illegal and shouldn't have been happening. They don't know about... Um, letting Michael Shannon free, which, again, probably shouldn't have happened. They didn't know about... He didn't know about all the big chase and shootouts and stuff. And it's like, okay. Like, yeah, you find out some stuff, but you can't just go around doing stuff. But they do that because the captain, towards the start of the film, just goes, just do what you do, but quicker. And they, they did that in the last film as well. And it's like, don't say that because they, they are awful cops. They are really bad at like finding information out. They just go around shooting everybody and getting things blown up they're really bad at being police so don't do that just like and then don't tell them off for doing it because you've just told them to do it it's crazy um yeah so even after that after that that seems to have no effect on them that warning they just go right well what we need to do now is we need to infiltrate this mortuary we need to go into the mortuary to find out some more information. But we can't get a warrant for it because we don't have any proper proof, really. Because we keep doing all this illegal stuff. And so you can't actually use any information. Because we're not really being police. So what we're going to do is... Uh, what we'll do, we'll just do some more illegal stuff. We'll just go in the morgue without a warrant. We'll just break in. We'll plant some cameras. We'll get some information. And then once we've got that information, we'll be able to follow up on that. I mean, it's not going to be official information. You can't really use it to like prosecute anybody, but we could use it to find some out and get and kill them, I guess. So I guess that's their end goal. Like it doesn't seem like they have any intention of like getting evidence to to like be able to prosecute. It's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, they do all that without telling a captain. And part of that in that their infiltration and stuff in decide will smith for some reason decides that the only way to make a diversion is to crash an ambulance into the mortuary which i'm sorry but there are multiple multiple ways to make a diversion that doesn't involve crashing into the mortuary you could have just made a tiny ex controlled explosion if you really wanted to you could have fired some guns off you could have done anything why crash into the mortuary? Makes no sense. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, but anyway, after that, they go back to the mansion 
and there's they organize a final showdown to seize everything um there's a big shootout the house gets blown up the drugs are seized the money is seized everything's all sorted oh wait but no no not everything is sorted even though we are now like an hour and 50 minutes into the film and we should be ending we are not ending because sid who has been getting closer and closer to this cuban guy uh is then kidnapped and taken to cuba and so we have another 30 to 40 minutes left of the film which again has been going on for so long and is so complicated and so complex that my brain already hurts uh basically the bosses as they always do and quite rightly say there's nothing we can we can really do we can't really there's no diplomatic way to go about any of this we're gonna look into it but we can't do anything at the moment and everyone's like oh we can't wait let's just let's just go now and they just disobey all the orders from their bosses not just the bad boys but like half the police department and the DEA are just like, we're going to come with you as well. So there's like 20 guys just going over to save one woman, which I was like, I guess like you could have like a, like a four man small team just infiltrate without much problem, but like a 20 man team. And then it ends with like the bad boys and Sid fleeing to Guantanamo Bay after a huge shootout with military and stuff. Um, Like, I think the whole like last, like, I don't even know what you call it, like fifth with the in Cuba seems just like an excuse for Michael Bay to use the military. Cause it seems, cause I think he has some weird like contract with the military. That's why he uses them in all his films and stuff. Like he's allowed to just use tanks and stuff in his films for free. As long as he like promotes the military or something. I have no idea, but yeah, it seems like this is almost like the start of it. Um, so, yeah, and like I say, it ends after this huge shootout and stuff with the Cuban army uh, with the bad boys and Sid fleeing to Guantanamo Bay because they want to get some U.S. soil. And obviously they're not allowed in because obviously you can't just drive up to a Navy base, especially Guantanamo Bay and be like, oh, I'm American, let me in. Like they don't have any badges or anything on them. They're just decked out in like military gear, if that. Um, I think Sid's just in a dress. Um, yeah, and then they have a stalemate on a minefield, so the Cuban catches up with him, and then the bad guy gets shot, and then everybody sort of just goes home, which I is just bizarre because I was like, why? Everyone disobeyed orders, like, or they should all be fired or at least suspended or disciplined for in some way. Like, how how are they still there? How are they still hired? It makes no sense. My brain hurts. Um, I guess, well, I mean, it's almost like, who cares? Because, like, as long as you shoot the bad guy, then who cares about laws? Like, they broke so many laws. They disobeyed orders. Like, it's just crazy. I mean, I guess, like I say, like, they don't get any proof. But if you shoot the bad guy, you don't need proof, I guess. Um... Yeah, and then they just have a happily ever after. Like, Martin Lawrence doesn't want to end the partnership anymore. He's like, yeah, I'm happy to still be with you, Will Smith. And I don't mind that you're in a relationship with my sister. You, you're, a, you're a good bloke. Um, and it's just, I don't understand that because they just go from like, no, I don't like it. I hate this. And there's all this tension. And now we haven't talked about it at all. or We haven't done anything really to develop it. But now it's fine and everything's cool. And I like you again. And it's just bizarre. Um, I mean, just to sum these films up, they're sort of... I know that they're supposed to be funny, but I didn't find them very funny. And it's... they they There's a fine line between farce and realism, and but they don't go either way. And it just doesn't work. Like, it's too serious to be farce. Like like a Kingsman or like a, I don't know, not like a parody, but just like a funny like take on it um, with like hyper-realism and stuff. But then it's too stupid to be realistic. Um, and I don't really know what they're going for. And it's very, but it doesn't hit on any level. Um, 
but they're doing a third one. So this is a duology for now. Um, because they're doing another one for some reason. Uh, and it's coming out next year. It's been in development health since 2008, which is, the, I think, three years after, four or five years after the second one. And then that, it's finally coming out in January next year. Um, Michael Bay is not directing it, thank God. Um, Joe Carnahan, uh, who directed The Grey, Smoking Aces, The A-Team, and uh, he's been involved in The Blacklist as well, the TV show. Um, he was initially involved in it uh, quite heavily. I think he was writing it in parts. Um, yeah, he was involved until 2017. Um, but, um, yeah, but he's not doing it. It's some other pair now that I've never heard of. Um, I think there was initially talk of two films as well, one in 2017 and then one in 2019, but that was pushed. But then they pushed it due to competition with Wonder Woman. Which makes no sense to me. Like, they're not the same target audience. I don't know. Um, I mean, I might see it. Because Michael Bay's not directing it. I mean, it probably won't be good. And it probably won't get a sequel. I mean, they're not talking about a fourth one. Not anymore. But it probably won't get a fourth one. It'd be like Independence Day Resurgence. Like, you wait 15 years for it. And no, it's just not that good. Um, But yeah. They also made a TV show like a spin-off focusing on Sid which is like fine because she was she's a good character but and everything but like I don't understand why they started development in 2017 uh it was um pitched to NBC but they didn't pick it up after a pilot um but it ha- was picked up by Spectrum who I don't know who they are I think there's some streaming platform or something um but it's their first show apparently um so good for them uh it came they had a 13 episode season this year um and jessica alba's in it um didn't have great reviews but they're making a second season anyway probably because it's their only show and that's something um but i mean that when i looked it up it didn't have any ratings but i reckon there'll be nobody will have watched this because who knows what spectrum is or how you access it i don't know um but anyway uh to finish off this week uh speaking of tv shows based on films what are your um yeah what are your favorite tv shows uh based on films or what are some tv shows based on films that you want to watch or are on your list um so for me um i've been what i had been watching 12 monkeys um i'd never watched the film but I'd heard about it, and the series is pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good sci-fi and time travel stuff. So, yeah, I'd say it's worth watching. Um, I also watched From Dust Till Dawn, uh, the series. Uh, I haven't watched the film, but again, the series is pretty good. It's kind of B movie style, uh, a lot of blood and gore and stuff. It's good, good, good times. Um, and Shooter, um, I watched as well. Um, yeah, I have seen that film, uh, and the film was really good. So. Um, or I really liked that film anyway. I don't know whether it's good, but it's, <laughs> but I liked it. Um, and the series is pretty good too. I mean, it's it's kind of more... Uh, what's the kind of word? It's more thought out. It's more... It's a slower pace. Um, there's le- It's less action-packed, but it, I think it works well, and it definitely works well with on TV. Um, I, I also watched Wolf Creek. Um, the first season of that is really good. It's... it's compelling and the gore's good in it and it's yeah it's just good 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 times um very tense um i also used to watch stargate 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 uh mainly sg1 when i was younger There's, i've got some good memories of watching that with the with the family um a couple that i want to watch uh bates motel um is definitely one that i want to watch looks a lot of i was gonna say a lot of fun not a lot of fun looks very interesting and gripping um, also, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Is, I've been umming and ahhing about that because it's sort of, I don't know, the Terminator timeline is so messed up and I don't know where it fits in and w- or whether it makes sense anymore. So maybe I'll get around to it, but maybe not. Um, yeah, so next week, um, this week I've gone one for quite a while, um, but um, I apologise for that. But um, yeah, well, I'll say it's some extra content for being a bit old. 
a bit all late, a little bit late. Um, yeah, next week um, I'm going to be talking about another time, um, and it'll be uh, what if uh, Christopher Nolan directed the Spider-Man trilogy, and then what if, in con- contrast to that, what if Sam Raimi directed the Dark Knight trilogy? Um, so we'll just switch those directors around for those trilogies and see what happens. Um, yeah, uh, I'm still working on different things, uh, trying to test stuff out, um, whether things work or not. Um, yeah, the thing that I, that seems to work quite a lot and works well is is the other time stuff. Um, the film universe stuff was uh, probably didn't work out so well because uh, you kind of need to watch all those films for it to make sense. Um, yeah, what else? Yeah, and the films of uh, whatever month it is, I'm probably going to stop doing that because um, just because you get... I talk about all these films like that come out each week anyway, so they, you don't want to hear, hear about it twice. It's, you're just saying, just saying the same stuff again. So, um, yeah, but we'll keep going. Um, uh, maybe look at another duology uh, soon. I might put up another poll, um, or I might just choose this time. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Uh, once again, um, yeah, if you want to get in touch, uh, just let me know that you you like the show or if there's anything that you wanting want me to do more or less or whatever. Um, then you can find me on Twitter at All Out Walker. Um, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/fillmeuppod, or you can. Do the good old-fashioned email at fillmeuppod at outlook.com. Yeah, thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you next week. Bye.